This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 1st of October, Wednesday. Mum phoned. How could you, Alison, when you know your dad's standing for the committee at the golf club? I couldn't follow much of what she was saying as it was too garbled, but gathered that whatever it was I had done had brought shame on the entire family. Bev called. Alice, how could you? Simon is furious. Yeah, all right, Simon, come in now. I'll have to call you back later, Alice. I phoned Pippa. Hi, Pippa, it's me. Oh, hello, Miss Walker. What? Has everyone gone insane? Go and buy a copy of tonight's evening mail. I am a page one girl. I'm surprised, considering the size of my boobs, that it didn't put me on page three, but no. There's a large photo of me on the front of the evening mail next to a headline saying, Singles being serviced. The report goes on to say that lonely divorcee Alison Walker was amongst hundreds who crowded into Walco's city centre store for their first singles night. Alison, 60, said she was delighted with the service. The newsagent looked me up and down when I went in to get the paper. Hmm, he said, wouldn't have said you were a day over 55, not bad for your age, are you? I'm just relieved that they got my name wrong. With a bit of luck, not many people will realise it is me. 2nd of October Muriel and young Mr Davis were looking at last night's paper when I arrived this morning. Muriel tried to push it into her drawer quickly, but only succeeded in making young Mr D yelp when the drawer corner caught him on his knee. Can I just make it clear, I said, that I didn't say that. About being serviced, I mean. And I am not lonely, nor am I sixty. But yes, I did go to the singles night, and I have got what I deserve for being so foolish. My mother has already told me that. Young Mr Davis looked again at the paper. Oh dear, oh dear, he said. I thought it said served. Serviced does have unfortunate connotations, doesn't it? Why? Muriel asked. He coughed. <clears throat> I have to go to my office now. Alison will explain. Ten clients phoned this morning, seven of them simply to confirm that it was you, wasn't it? And one of them suggesting he didn't like to see a lady lonely and would I care to go out with him next week. I told him I never mix business with pleasure. Not any more, anyway. It's strange how everyone studies the local rag so thoroughly these days. No one, not even my parents, noticed my picture in the paper when I won a colouring competition when I was ten. 3rd of October, Friday. It's Chloe's birthday today. I thought she might have come home for the weekend, but she's working in the refuge, and their need is greater than mine, Mum. Of course it is. Very noble. I hope Tryboy will spoil her when she isn't in work. I can't get used to not celebrating my children's birthdays with them, but I suppose I must. 7th of October. I was asking young Mr D about will-making, a subject on which it turns out he has no knowledge unless I am talking about inheritance tax, and then he could put me in touch with the man who does know, as if I am going to be affected by inheritance tax, when he casually mentioned that David Davis is coming in tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. He took the phone call while I was at Eats fetching our lunch. 
I am pleased that I was not here and did not have to speak to David after the fiasco of singles night. Although meeting him will be unavoidable tomorrow, unless I can time a trip to the loo to coincide with his arrival and his departure. But he is always early. I can't stay in the loo for half an hour or more. I will just have to talk to him. Well, not talk to him so much as be polite. That's all I have to do. I can be polite. That's not a problem. 8th of October. Damn you stupid thing. Will you do as you're told? Come on, please. Look, I am warning you. I can do without this today of all days. I was so engrossed in haranguing the computer that I failed to notice the window cleaner coming in to be paid until he said, Would you like me to have a look? Normally the arrival of the window cleaner brightens my day no end, but I wasn't in the mood for flirty banter. I wasn't in the mood for anything much except possibly computer side. Oh, right, I snapped. So this would be me, man, therefore good with computers, while you, woman, thus inept with anything inanimate, would it? Actually, it would be me, computer science graduate, offering to help you, very nice lady, with problem computer. Oh, I crumpled. I'm so sorry. It's just... Well, it won't do anything I say, and now it's just not doing anything. <laughs> Don't worry, he grinned. I can see you're stressed out. Would you like me to have a look? Oh, yes, please, I would love it. He walked round and joined me behind my desk. I moved slightly to allow him access, but he still had to lean over me to reach the keyboard. He had a very strong, masculine smell. I thought I should make small talk. So how does a computer science graduate come to be cleaning windows? Couldn't get a job when I graduated, started doing windows to earn some money, found it was a simple stress-free life, so carried on. Oh, that's nice. He started doing something with the keyboard. Noticed his nails were clean and neat-edged, obviously cared for, but not excessively so. And his hands were very capable. No doubt he knows how to use them in all sorts of ways. He turned his face and looked at me expectantly. I blushed. He said, Has it? Uh, has it what? Has it tried to reset itself? Oh, I have no idea it might have done. He turned back to the screen. Resisting the temptation to stroke his shoulders, I asked, Do you work out? Hmm? Only I was thinking of joining a gym and I wondered if you could recommend one. The one you go to, maybe. Hmm, I don't know, this doesn't look good. Have you checked the connections? The what? Don't worry, I'll do it. He got down on his knees and squeezed under the desk between my legs and the computer. I could feel the muscles in his arms move. Then I felt his fingers walk up my calf before stopping in the bend of my knee as though waiting for a sign from me. His breath was warm against my leg. I leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes. Alison? Are you all right, Alison? What? I'd been so carried away with my reverie, I'd failed to register the sound of the front door opening. I was so appalled to be caught mid-fantasy, and by David, of all people, I leapt to my feet, kneeing the window cleaner's head against the metal box of the computer. He ouched, I squeaked, and David peered over the desk. My computer's not working, I said hurriedly. 
I see. And this is the computer repair man, I take it. No, he's the window cleaner. David stared at me, his expression getting colder by the moment. I did hope we could be civil to each other, but if that's not the way you want it, so be it. No, honestly, I began, just as young Mr Davies came out of his office. Ah, David, he said, smiling. Perfect timing. Come on in. Alison, could you make us some coffee, please? Not for me, thank you. I wouldn't want to disturb Alison. And he marched into young Mr D's office, leaving young Mr D looking confusedly from one of us to the other before following him in. Is he always such a grumpy sod, or is he just having a bad day? The window cleaner asked as he stood up. He's a grumpy sod, I sighed. So, any joy? I'm afraid it looks like your computer's knackered. Oh, I know how it feels. I think it might be the disk drive. Hope you've got all your data backed up. Oh, yes, I'm very careful about backing up. I'm highly efficient. I do it every week. And fortunately, I was due to do it today. I screamed quietly under my breath. The man at the computer shop said it would be tomorrow at the earliest before he could even look at it. And how soon after that will you be able to tell me if I've lost my data? He shook his head. That depends. I wonder if psychiatrists can tell from the look on your face what is going on in your head. Possibly some could, but I'm sure I don't have to worry about D.D. He is far too insensitive to notice a woman's mood, unless you were waving an axe in his direction. Even then he'd probably put it down to her being of a funny age. I wonder if I am fanciable. How do you tell? Security of life with Brian made me complacent. And look what happened. I became less fanciable. But only less fanciable than a 28-year-old. And that's something to be proud of, really. I suppose David must have been attracted to me for at least a brief moment. And Internet Barry was impressed. Although I suspect he would have been interested in anything available with boobs. But I've definitely lost the art of flirting. I must put in some practice. 9th of October. The only male client to call in today was 83 and fragile. I did try looking through my lashes at him, but the expression on his face suggested a heart attack was imminent, so I didn't prolong the exercise. I would hate to have him on my conscience. 18th of October, Saturday. I met Pippa and Bev for lunch today. Bev had that pleased-with-herself look that I am coming to dread. It means she has thought of another way to find a man for me. When we sat down and were waiting for our baguettes to arrive, Bev produced a rather crumpled flyer from her bag. Sorry, she said, straightening it out. It's been in my bag for ages. When it was just about legible, she held it out to me. What about this, then? I read it aloud. Love to dance but don't have a partner. Look no further. Join Franco's Lessons for ballroom and love. Oh, please, you can't be serious. Why not? You said when you came back from Tenby that you wished you could dance, and this way you get to meet men as well. Sounds ideal to me. Everything sounds ideal to you, Bev. Internet dating sounded ideal to you. Singles night sounded ideal to you. But I'm the one who ends up looking a prat. The photo in the paper wasn't that bad. I wasn't talking about the photo, I meant generally. I was just trying to help. If you don't want me to, you only have to say. There's no need to get all uppity on me. Huh. 
Now come on, you two, Pippa intervened. Let's look at this sensibly. You did say you wished you could dance, Alison. Oh, don't you start, Pippa. Obviously these classes are for sad losers who can't find a partner any other way. They both just looked at me, Bev with her eyebrows raised halfway up her forehead. I downed what remained of my wine. OK, I'll give it a go. Bev insisted on coming home with me from the pub and making me phone Franco's dance school. Franco must have been teaching at the time, as the man who answered the phone was distinctly Welsh. I'd like to enrol for the Tuesday ballroom class, please. If it's not full, that is. If it is full, it doesn't matter, I don't mind. Now nah, enough for love, but you're a lady and you. Oh, I always try to be. Is that a problem? Uh, we shall to men see. Never mind, love. You come along. You'll be all right. Are you sure? I don't mind. No, no. What's your name? I gave you my details. The first class is next Tuesday in the YM. It will be fine. I am only going to learn to dance. I am not expecting to find romance. The man on the phone said he would put a leaflet in the post to me this afternoon. 21st of October. The leaflet introducing Franco's love lessons, as they call the Tuesday night class, arrived this morning. Franco used to be a national champion. There is a photo of him on the cover. He is tall, slim and very Gallic looking. It doesn't mention if he's married. I'm surprised to find that I'm suddenly looking forward to this class. I was a little late arriving for class and wasn't sure in which room in the YM it was being held. I stuck my head round one door to inquire. A tall, fat and very Gallic-looking man came rushing up to greet me. You here for the dance class? It was the voice from the phone. Uh, yes. Come in, come in, you must be... He consulted his sheet of paper. Alison, I nodded. Welcome, Alison, I'm Franco, retired and defeated ballroom champion of Wales and the West Midlands. He did an elaborate bow. There were eight of us in the class, five women and three men. Franco expressed his concern at this mismatch, but Gwen said there was no need. You see, I'm good to be a man. Really, said Nick, how thrilling. And how brave to come right out and admit it like that. I do admire you. I don't know why, said Gwen. It turned out that she didn't mean she was planning a sex change, but that she and Elsie intended to dance together, and they had decided that she would learn the man's role. Franco said really they should have gone to the class on a Wednesday, which is for couples, but they said that was their bingo night. We all said we didn't mind them joining us, so it was settled.